episode number 130A. This is Greg Duncan, and we are doing something really different today. Uh, last show, we had the panel. This show, we're in a open-top cube in the middle of the hub at Build. And it's pretty awesome, I, I, I have to tell you guys. Uh, we also have today a guest that is something on a topic that's not something we usually talk about on Radio TFS, but uh, once I saw the keynote today, I, I really got excited about talking about this. We're going to talk about the Azure stack. Now, do you guys know what that is? I wonder how many of you actually really know what that is. But by the end of this cast, you'll have a good feeling about what Azure stack is all about. My guest today is going to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, uh, I'm Anja Joda. I'm a program manager on the Azure Stack team. I deal with uh, compute scenarios, so uh, VMs, VM scale sets, things to do with Linux, so making sure that Linux distros run well on our software, and uh, helping developers make the best out of Azure Stack. That's awesome. Thank you for coming today and, and making yourself available for this. And Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so what is Azure Stack? So uh, Azure Stack is a hybrid cloud platform that allows you to run parts of Azure in your data center and be a better cloud developer by using the same stuff that you use to develop for develop in the cloud and allowing you to use that on-premises. Okay, does this mean, is this an appliance that I buy from like Dell or HP or do we in, download the ISOs and install them? on our systems or so we've actually got a few paths for you to get started okay uh, so we do have our one node we're currently at technical preview three mm -hmm. you can download it and set it up on a server with the right specs and those are available online mm -hmm. you can also uh, at ga we will have production ready systems which start at a minimum scale of four nodes and can be ordered from partners such as hpe dell lenovo and cisco um one of our co-hosts, uh, Paul Hacker, has been running the Azure Stack at home, and he's been using the OneNode, and, and he loves it. And he was a little concerned. Is there going to be a path forward for him for that single node download, or is it only going to be the commercial partners? So as of now, we've continuing to uh, we, we plan on releasing OneNodes continuously, so that way you still have a chance to try out Azure Stack and get familiar with it before deciding to buy a production-ready system. Awesome. awesome. So, so he's got a solid uh, way forward for, for Absolutely. forever. Now, it, you know, look, I, I've been around a while. I, I have seen, there was an earlier iteration. It wasn't called Azure Stack. It was like a, a data center in a cloud or something. It was, it was like a decade ago. All right. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat of a cynic, and I, I just wonder how can you do it? How can you take this Azure monster thing, put it into my data center, and keep it up to date? So uh, we've got a couple of ways of making that come true, and it's that we're building on the solid foundation of Windows Server 2016 with its uh, software-defined storage and software-defined networking technology. And we share a lot of code with Azure. We've got the same control plane that Azure uses, the Azure Resource Manager. We use the same resource providers. You know, we have a compute, uh, network, and storage resource provider, among others. And we're committed to making sure that we stay as in sync with Azure as we can and continue to bring new features. 
Now, I saw in the keynote today, they mentioned this a number of times on how it's the exact same API between the two. That when you're deploying it, you're deploying your solution from Visual Studio, which is now like a right single right mouse click, go next solution that you can deploy to Azure or you can deploy to Azure Stack. Um, how are you going to keep that in sync? So what we've actually done is, if you were watching the keynote today, you saw Julia White select a different subscription that was in a different uh, cloud instance and click deploy. And what that is, is that thanks to having the same management APIs, Visual Studio could talk to each cloud it had access to and knew about, and then list subscriptions and resources that lived in both of those clouds. Mm -hmm. So as Azure and Azure Stack both bring on features, right. we, we know that there's going to be a little slip between the time something arrives in Azure and when it arrives in Azure Stack. Right. That's just a side effect of developing for cloud speed and then having right. an on-premise product. However, we've got something we call ARM Profiles. Azure Resource Manager profiles, which can be set up through PowerShell and uh, other means, that will allow you to say, I want to restrict myself to what's currently available on Azure Stack. So that way, when you develop on Azure or on Azure Stack, your code and ARM templates and other resources will deploy in both places the same way every time. Hmm. How much of Azure is in Azure Stack? So uh, in the box at GA, you're going to get quite a bit. Mm -hmm. We've got... Uh, Compute, network and storage resource providers, so VMs, VM scale sets, availability sets, load balancers, virtual networks, uh, virtual subnets. We've got uh, blobs, uh, tables. We've got storage accounts, all of the goodness that comes with that. We um, are also having, uh, we also have PaaS RPs, so the app service RP, we, which contains uh, websites, um, API apps, and functions, which is the big new thing, serverless yeah. computing yeah. at the edge. And we also have the ability to provision MySQL and SQL Server databases. Huh. Uh, as we continue on past GA, we will continue to bring more and more services down. We are working with those teams to make sure that they can come on board. Do you? How is this paid for? When we do we, when we buy that four-node commercial thing, is it that we just buy the one box and put it in our data center, and that includes the Azure? Part or so the way this works is that you'll pay for the hardware up front. Just like you said, you'll right. work with a partner. You guys will figure out a specification and configuration that you want, and you work with them to make sure that you have it, their integration points ready in your data center, and they'll help you install it and set it up. But what you pay for the Azure part is actually just what you use. So you'd be clocked on the number of virtual machines and so on that you run, mm -hmm. and then you would just pay that. It's pay as you go, just like Azure. Okay. But, oh, okay, okay. Now, that one I didn't grok until just now, until you just said that on it. You will still... So there's no Azure uh, Stack uh, Cal or anything else. It's Correct. Just, is the price the same? Like the, the VMs and the, the, the same pricing? We don't... The prices won't be... I mean, you are taking on the, con, the responsibility for hardware, power, and so on. Right. So the prices won't be the same, but we don't particularly have any numbers right now. Okay. Okay. We're still working on that. Right. Right. Um... When we work that partner, will Azure Stack support geo-replication or, or high availability for so disaster recovery? That at this time, we are uh, at GA, and uh, soon after, we are still working on a one region, kind of one location basis. Right. And as we go further, we will bring multi-location uh, support. 
Okay. So, from an ALM point of view, Azure Stack brings us most of what Azure brings us, right? So, with the whole continuous integration, continuous delivery, all those tools and everything, I'm, I'm the TFS admin at work. Absolutely. During my day job. And I look at all the coolness, all the build and release and deployment tasks for Azure, Azure websites, uh, all those stuff. And um, I'm really jealous that, that you know, Azure has those, but my on-prem doesn't. Now, we bring Azure in-house, put it on our, our hardware, under our control. Well, the first question is then, so Microsoft doesn't know they know enough for billing purposes, but not what's in the data, right? Correct, I'm correct. Privacy. Yes, issues, absolutely. We get usage data and some uh, other telemetry, but we, we don't know what's sitting in your blobs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank where I was going before that. Uh, source uh, control. CICDE yeah. um, tasks. Uh, so the same build process that we could use with Azure same DevOps that we could use with Azure, we can use with Azure Stack, assuming that those features are in the Azure Stack. Yeah, absolutely. So we've actually got a great relationship with the Visual Studio team and the guys who write VSTS, and we've actually got a couple of demos that we cooked up that kind of show off how you can use uh, TFS build, def or VSTS, <laughs> build definitions and uh, release definitions and deployment definitions to deploy to both Azure and Azure Stack. We've got it to where you can do, um, say you, you have a thing, have a situation where privacy is important. Right. You can develop your application on Azure with test data, and when you're done iterating there, you can deploy it, and it, the build succeeds, you pass your checks. You can bring it to Azure Stack and deploy it with a full release for use with production data, mm -hmm. or the other way around, depending on how you want to develop. Right. Wow. Who is Azure Stack really targeted at? Azure Stack is targeted at those who are starting to explore the cloud or are concerned or have regulations or concerns about uh, that data sovereignty data can't leave uh, the soil of the country it's generated in or other regulations. Although I have to say Azure is the most certified public cloud. So, but if people are still worried or there are still regulations that prevent them from going to the public cloud or they're just getting started in the whole cloud development model, right. Azure Stack is a good place to start. Now, how, <laughs> I'm a developer, I'm on the dev team, that's my day job, how do I sell this to my IT guys? Uh, you sell it to your IT guys as a way for them to not need to manage uh, the little ins and outs of every little application you want to deploy. <laughs> that they're providing a platform that allows you to get features out faster that allows them to be more responsive to business needs and to be more more responsive to business needs and more uh, more able to generate value even you know rather than deploying new and racking and stacking new hardware or creating VMs from tickets or so on and so forth they can also work on using the platform to automate their lives it's a way to make it easier for an IT pro to respond to business needs Mm. And it has the same 
self-service capabilities as Azure. It's, it's Azure in Absolutely. my data center. We have the portal. We have PowerShell. We have the CLI. We have ARM templates. All of that goodness you get right in the box. What about third-party apps? Um, so it depends on the app, uh -huh. but we actually have a marketplace that we are curating. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of uh, third parties who have said, I have a gallery item in the Azure marketplace, and I'd like to make it available on Azure Stack. Right. We work with them. We make sure that their uh, template can deploy on Azure Stack, that their application can run. And after a while, we, or after that process is completed, we then light it up, and you can download it and, run, and deploy it. <laughs> That's awesome. Th that is... I was afraid that you were going to say, no, that's coming sometime in, in the future. So you're already working that. Absolutely. The ability for third parties to build onto uh, Azure Stack was one of the primary things we considered when putting this together. So do you, do you know of any of these companies? Do you know their names? Would, you, yeah. would Kikira and Relativity be familiar to you? Sorry? A company called Kikira. Uh, I, they're not familiar with, okay. I'm not familiar, sorry. Because they're doing a uh, cloud push right now with, called Relativity One. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they're very niche in the uh, litigation service mm -hmm. area. Um, but our industry, litigation services industry, is very data worried. You know, they're, they're <laughs> the data we see is, you know, before the smoking gun. We see all of the data, and all of our clients are very, very anxious about who can see what data. So, you know, putting their stuff in the cloud freaks them out. Relativity is selling, the, or Kikira through Relativity is selling a cloud service, a cloud model for that in Azure. Now, it would be awesome. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. If that were to run on Azure Stack, so we'd get all the capabilities of Azure, because right now it's a normal on-prem install, and we have to do all the IIS setup and everything else. It's just a pain. Uh, spinning up new uh, instances takes a while. If we could bring Azure Stack in with Relativity 1 there, it's kind of like almost the best of both worlds. We keep the data, but we keep the cloud. Ah, that's interesting. I don't. There's no question. <laughs> right, right. No, it's all right. I mean, it's it's exactly like once you start seeing how quickly and easily it's to to light something up and to iterate on it very quickly, or to deploy the same environment over and over again at any different installation, the value becomes very clear. Like, uh, I sometimes you know, I develop my demos and the ability to say, oh, I need another one node, and to just lay my demo down on it and uh, you know hit deploy, walk away, and come back to something that's near fully functioning. It's it's, it's nothing short of amazing. We talk a lot about ARM. We talk a lot about um, infrastructure as code here on the podcast on it. Um, but it, and that's always that conversation is always about Azure. It's always about the cloud on it. So with Azure Stack, we can have that infrastructure as code, the ARM templates, all of that scriptable, repeatable, you know, check inable, versionable um, goodness in our data center. And so four nodes. That means. Four PC, or PCs, four servers. What kind of load generally can that? That's such a BS question. I, I'm trying to formulate. You know, the answer is it depends. Yeah, the answer is it depends on what hardware you get, and you know, so on and so forth, and. I mean, I will tell you this. We support the uh, uh, we'll, we'll support the uh, AVM sizes, a, a zero through A four. Mm -hmm. 
we'll or yeah, A zero through A seven, I believe. Okay. Uh, the D sizes uh, and the DV two sizes, except for the very largest one. And um, we're working on adding in the DS sizes. So that should give you an idea of the kind of workloads we're looking at and what we can kind of support. Okay. Um, and you're saying, um, are logic apps coming in GA or just uh, functions? I believe it's just functions at this time. Okay. I would have to check to make sure, but yeah. yeah. But still, we get the whole, all the capability of functions, all that serverless, um, trigger-based processing in our data center. And we don't have to worry about setting up the VMs for those. Correct. That's all handled by the uh, app service backend. It's got the networking. Uh, the control administration of those can be separated out, correct? Uh, so we do have a separate administration interface. Uh, uh-huh. We call it admin portal for short. Right. And it's the ability for the cloud admin to go and make certain services available to their tenants mm-hmm. and to provision more you know, worker uh, VMs should they need to up the, up the load on the server or deal with extra load and make sure that uh, you can make plans and offer them to, user, to uh, tenants who want a subscription. And yeah, there's an entire administration interface built in. So our IT guys aren't losing control of anything. Correct. They have the ability to. Uh, there's the ability to RBAC uh, users in and out of subscriptions. The ability to offer add certain people to certain subscriptions, and to manage quotas and uh, usage. Usage. How can we finally say? Can our IT guys actually give a report that says how much something really, really costs? Um, I think they could. I mean, there are ways to get the usage out, data out of Azure Stack, and we're working, exploring ways and exploring ways with third parties to integrate with third-party billing systems mm-hmm. to be able to present those BI and report those that, those BI reports to the IT staff so they can break things out and show where the business is spending and where the business is, you know making money on their resources. Same with the utilization. Because the problem I always see, and I've always seen, you know, uh, A, they they build for peak. So they build these monster machines that they think, this is what the the mass we'll always need. And we never really know how much of that, you know, 32 core, you know, two terabyte of RAM machine we're actually really using. So we are working on bringing in the same uh, insights and diagnostics that you have in Azure to Azure Stack. We've got some of it today so you can see things like CPU usage and so on. And then we, can, uh, we, can, um, we are investigating adding it, you know, aggregating it up so you can see things that are underutilized. But that's not in at this time. Okay. Yeah. What am I forgetting to ask you? Um, just, you know, CI, CD, we've got... We've got a great story around how you can deploy and uh, test. So infrastructure as code, actually, the thing that really makes Azure Stack great for on-premises infrastructure is the ability to CI and CD with infrastructure as code rather than just application code. I mean, everybody knows, you know, TFS, you, you deploy your app, you run some tests against the APIs, the endpoints, the UI. It's, it's cleared, you promote it. The ability to do that with infrastructure is something that's not particularly explored in the on-premise space. Right. So I, as an IT admin or a 
some guy who writes infrastructure can write an ARM template that describes a website, an application, an IaaS VM, a Windows VM that needs to have a certain script run to set up a certain application. Um, and then you can write that once you have your application code, have that applica- have that template be tested against both Azure and Azure Stack and say, do my applications respond on these endpoints? When um, do I get all of the VMs and all of the size and all the performance that I've requested? Do my scripts run? Am I enabled to say, if, this in- if I need to build an environment exactly like this tomorrow, can I do that? When, when, you know, one of the common things in on-premise is when you say, I need to do a dev environment and a staging environment and a prod environment, they're all different. Right. They all have got a little bit less RAM maybe for the dev environment, a little less, a little less, a little more for the <laughs> staging environment, and the production environment is full-blown. Right. Or, you know, in some weird world, it might be the other way around. <laughs> but the ability to say, I want the exact same environment, and when I'm not using it, I can turn it off and get identically the same thing again is... Is a game changer. The ability to say, I don't need to file a ticket to get this environment made. I can just do it myself. IT knows what I'm using. IT knows that I have access to those subscriptions. And they can integrate with dashboards and reports um, from third parties to see who's using what and where and how we're getting it out of there. That who's using it. Who is actually really using it. That's... That solves a problem. Another of the problems that we have, because we constantly have these shared servers, and this is our dev server, and you know, everybody's like, okay, we need to shut this down. Who's using it? They're all like, I don't know. Not it. I mean, you yeah. can see who kicked off a deployment and right. so on and so forth, and, and then that data will be available to uh, third-party apps and APIs, so that way you can generate your own dashboards and reports. And, you know, that's, that, that, that makes it complete so once you add those solutions in. Through ARM, if you have a third-party application that's an you know ISASP.net type application that's hosted on a SQL Server backend, it connects to file shares as a standard SMB type file shares. Um, it's distributed across multiple SQL servers, multiple file shares, multiple web servers. You can script all that out, absolutely, and spin that up basically with one go. One with command. enough PowerShell and you know ARM templates, you can do anything. But yeah, you just you know, of course you know you can try it once. If it doesn't work, scrap it all and try it again. And you're doing it in your data center. Correct. <laughs> that that's something that's really only usually been the realm of the cloud guy. Right. And and now you can that cloud guy has always has that knowledge, and now he can bring it on premise. <laughs> um, what is GA? Can you GA, say uh, GA is uh, a <laughs> mid year seventeen? That's that's about as specific as I have. Okay. Yeah. So we get all of the, the CI/CD cloud goodness. It's in our data center. Four node is the start, and you're going to go beyond four nodes. Yeah, it starts at four nodes. Okay. Uh, what are GAs though? Is it going to be? I mean, can can we say at GA we want 16 nodes? Um, it depends on the uh, partner, right. and we are still working on the final number. But like right. I said, minimum at four nodes, and we can go up from there. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In our data center, Azure, um, that's going to be kept in sync. New features will be added. New features are going to be added. You also get updates for the infrastructure below it, you know, um, Windows updates and firmware and so on. And as you, uh, yeah, but like I said, we'll, we'll work with Azure to make sure that updates come in a timely manner. 
although Azure being the cloud, the public cloud, where they ha we have control over everything, we'll get the new features first. Right. But it, there shouldn't be too much of a lag. That's pretty interesting. That is, that is really interesting. <laughs> and this has legs. It's, it's not... Yeah. It has legs. And it's being funded by the people using it, so it's not like it's a loss leader or anything else. Not that I'm aware of. Because <laughs> that always worries me when Microsoft does a loss leader, because right. then you want to cut those. Um, it's got a revenue model behind it. It's using proven technology, Azure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Used by... This stuff is hammered on by you know, thousands of people every day. Security, firewalling, and, and that kind of... Do we? Is there anything special in that, or is... Because I know Microsoft, you guys got to have some awesome security things to keep it from being hacked. We've got lots of security. We've got lots of security work that's gone into this product. We've got, um, you know, we've, we're going through right now, you know, locking down everything, making sure, you know, you can't go digging around. Um, the firewalls, per se, I'm, um, we, we work with, so when you buy the system, we work to make sure it's integrated into your network properly, and that'll, and that'll involve setting up, you know, ACLs and rules and so on. Right. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about the specifics of that, but I do know that we put a lot of effort into making sure this is a secure product. Okay, okay. And it kind of makes, I mean, you're going on-prem. Your prem already should have all of that, you know, firewalling and, you know, stuff already in place. How long have you been working on this team? Um, I've actually, uh, I've been working here since August of 2015. That's when I started at Microsoft, and I've been on the Azure Stack team since then. Mm -hmm. So probably almost two years. So you've seen it mature quite a bit then, huh? Absolutely. I've seen it go from, you know, before TP1 to almost, you know, to, to near GA. And what do you, what, what is your day? What does a day in your life look like? Uh, so my day is a very, a day is very different depending <laughs> on the t Depending on certain, you know, my day is very different sometimes. Uh, I get into work. We have a we have a scrum, you know, with all of the PMs and I, all of our programming. We get in a room together. We look at customer feedback. We we look at what you guys see. We look at the sentiments of the community. We try very hard to answer community questions through the MSD and forums. We look at that every day. We share about you know concerns, things that are going well things we need to work on. We have lots of calls with customers. We reach out to customers a lot. And I spend you know, some of my day designing scenarios and demos that we can do to show off the power of Azure Stack. And I work with my dev team to you know, prioritize features, make sure that we are staying in sync with Azure as time goes on. Like I said, it, it's, it's a pretty full day. And like I said, it changes quite a bit sometimes. But that's generally kind of what I do. In general, a general number, how big is the Azure Stack team? Like 20 people, 100 people, a million people? Um, between uh, program managers and developers, two, 200, I think. Wow. Just for Azure Stack? Just for Azure Stack. Wow. Pretty yeah. big team. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's a big product. <laughs> <laughs> How can people get a hold of you? So right now, uh, you can go to the um, Azure, go to the Azure website. There's a very big green button that says, Down, <laughs> get Azure Stack here. We actually have uh, some documentation, aka.ms slash start in Azure now, which gives you instructions on how to you know, set up Azure Stack. Or if you want to, you can take a regular Azure subscription and apply a policy to it so you can only deploy what's a, what will be available in Azure Stack. Okay. 
So that way, you can keep developing at the cloud cadence before Azure Stack is even in your data center. And when it's there, you can just you know, right-click, deploy to the new place. And that way you get the benefits. If, you don't, if you're not able to set up a one-node environment, you can use Azure to get ready for Azure Stack. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a show. What think, do you think? I think it's a. I think it's a show. It's been great <laughs> talking to you, and you know, it's I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this. I, it's got my brain spinning. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great advancement forward in just data center technology, and it's going to make a lot of people's lives easier. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants to get home and you know see their kids and do something, you know, and this will make that easier. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And ladies and gentlemen. Um, Thank you for listening. Now, remember, you can uh, send us an email at radiotfs at outlook.com. You can find us on Facebook at slash radiotfs. And you can send us a voicemail number. And I have forgotten what a voicemail number. You can send us a voicemail number. It's been a long, today's been a long week. Um, the voicemail number will be on our website because I've forgotten it. I know it's 425 something, something, something. That's okay. Nobody ever uses Sorry. it anyway. Even though if they leave us a voicemail, they, we would play them on the air. Their feedback on the air, but nobody, nobody does it. Not even joking. It's all right. It's been a long day. And yeah, you know. <laughs> People call me. I'm like, eh, I don't know about voicemail. I should just send me a text. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Angie. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Radio TFS. So much. Thank you.